With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to your Wednesday morning episode of Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, the co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and your host on this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. I thank you for joining me wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it's, I don't know, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, you name it. Give us a follow. That way you don't miss anything. Not just my Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast, but also... All the other morning shows like the live mic on Tuesday, the Steelers stat geek on Thursday and all of our afternoon and weekend content. You don't want to miss a thing. And I got to be honest. And yes, I'm a little partial, but at the the same time, if I'm completely honest, if behind the steel curtain.com isn't your one stop shop, meaning the first place you go for your Steelers news, the first place you go to get the latest rundown on the team. I'm not sure what you're doing. You know, Jeffrey Benedict, who's on our Know Your Enemy podcast, which runs on Wednesday night live on YouTube and Thursday at noon for us on our on our audio side. He's the one that told me he said it perfectly. I was talking about how frustrated I was that, you know, ESPN does all these fluff articles and they ask these ridiculous questions in the Mike Tomlin press conference. He he said, Jeff, the average Steeler fan is just going to want to look at ESPN. He said, that's just that's just what's going to happen. They're just going to look at ESPN and say, man, that's it. He said, the diehard fan is going to read behind the steel curtain.com. And I believe it. So if you're a diehard fan, and if you're listening to these, you probably are. Then behind the steel curtain.com should be, I mean, you should have, I mean, we would do like 12 to 14 articles a day, 12 to 14 a day. What else could you ask for? The reason I bring up ESPN is because I was doing an article for the website today. And it's one that I do every single Tuesday. And that's the power rankings. So unless there's a game that gets bumped to Tuesday, the Monday games are over. That ends the week that was in the NFL. And all these different outlets, ESPN, NFL.com, CBS Sports, Sports Illustrated, the Sporting News, all those outlets release their power rankings. And I do this article every week. And I take a look at the rankings. And you know, last year was tough. Last year was really tough to write those articles because you're – Oh, uh, the Steelers are now ranked 25th and the Steelers are then going to be up to 22nd. Then they got his hot streak and they're nearing the top 10 and then they fell apart. This year has been a little bit more fun. It's been a little bit more fun. The Steelers start out seven and zero, and you're thinking, Oh man, this is great. The funny thing is, is you kind of get this feeling from other fans, especially on social media. 
And even with some of these outlets, you notice something when I'm thinking, okay, the Steelers are seven and out. They're coming off wins over the Cleveland Browns, Tennessee Titans on the road, and the Baltimore Ravens on the road. They're undefeated. I'm thinking I could make the headline. I could pre-write the article and say, the Steelers are considered the top team in the NFL across the board. And come to you come to my conclusion is I'm reading these articles and I'm looking for the Steelers and I'm oh my gosh, ESPN.com does not have Pittsburgh number one. The Kansas City Chiefs are ranked number one. And then you go to another outlet. I think it was the uh, Sports Illustrated. Kansas City Chiefs are number one. I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what is going on here? Now, granted. If you're sitting there in your car and you're driving to work, like Jeff, the power rankings don't matter. I know they don't matter. I honestly know that they don't matter. But at the same time, this is all about the way other people, other fans, and how the media perceive the Pittsburgh Steelers starting the year 7-0. and You kind of get the feeling that some people believe that this perfect start for Pittsburgh is nothing but smoke and mirrors. And if you don't know what that means, Smoke and mirrors basically means that they've found ways to win games, but they're really not as good as they are advertised. And so I thought to myself, are these is are the Steelers as legitimate as people think? Or are these few outlets that said, you know what, Kansas City is a much better team? And some people even thought about having the Steelers maybe third or fourth, even though they're seven and oh. Who's right? Who to believe? That's a difficult question. It really is. And there's still a lot of Steeler fans out there that are scared to death of this upcoming game in Dallas, especially now that Andy Dalton has been put on the COVID-19 and the reserve list. He's definitely not playing this week. The Cowboys don't know who is going to be their quarterback. It might be Cooper Rush from the practice squad. It might be Ben DiNucci, who had his first NFL career start on Sunday Night Football and a loss to the Eagles last week. I mean... They don't even know what's going on. And there's Steeler fans that are literally scared to death right now. They're thinking, holy cow, here it comes. The typical Mike Tomlin letdown game. Just roll, just give them the win. Just go ahead and coming off of a big win against Baltimore, just go ahead and give Dallas the win. That's what a lot of Steeler fans are, <clears throat> excuse me, are thinking right now. But to me, if, if a team is going to do that, and I'll give you my prediction for the game on Friday. But if a team's going to do that, if the Steelers are going to fall flat on their face in a game like that against Dallas, a team that is not even in the same stratosphere as Pittsburgh from a skill and talent standpoint, then they're all smoke and mirrors. That that just answered my question. It's all smoke and mirrors. But I'm here to tell you in this episode that this team is not smoke and mirrors. This team is legitimate. And I'm going to give you five reasons why the Pittsburgh Steelers are contenders here, not pretenders. And I, before I go any further, there have been teams that have started 7-0, and not recently, but have started 7-0 and and have not made the playoffs. There are teams that have started 7-0 and and completely fell apart. Could it happen to Pittsburgh? Absolutely it could, but it would have to be accompanied by something unbelievably catastrophic. I'm talking another Ben Roethlisberger injury. I'm talking about uh, a TJ, really, even if TJ Watt were to get hurt and lost for the year, and that would be ridiculously horrible for that defense. 
it wouldn't be as catastrophic in my opinion as Ben Roethlisberger going down. If Ben is the the guy, you know, you if you lose James Conner, it'd be okay. If you lose uh, Eric Ebron, probably be okay. If you lose one of the wide receivers, we've talked about that before on this show, you'll probably be okay. Uh, barring a Ben Roethlisberger season-ending injury, I think the Steelers would be okay. And they would still be considered contenders. It might not be as easy. It might not look as pretty. Not that they ever do win pretty. But still, if the Steelers are going to prove themselves contenders, I think there's these five things that they can kind of hang their hat on and say this, this, these reasons are why. Start off with two. We'll take a break and I'll give you the final three. How else do you start? If I'm if I'm listing these and I'm numbering them off, the number one is going to be defense. Absolutely, it's going to be the defense. And there's some fans that are like, well, really, Jeff, the defense? I mean, did you see the game on Sunday? They've they've given up a lot of points. And I'm not sure if it's the same. You know, 2019, they were dominant. Maybe they're not as dominant this year. Maybe they aren't as dominant this year as they were in 2019. But maybe because they don't have to be. Uh, the one thing to keep in mind when you're talking about the defense, when you're looking at statistics, and I'm going to give you some defensive statistics right now as they head into week nine. Scoring in the NFL is off the charts. I mean, off the charts right now. It's incredible. It is incredible. When you look at points per game across the league, you have teams that are literally just racking up ridiculous point totals. It, it's insane. Uh, right now, one, two, three, four, five. There are five teams, five teams that are averaging over 30 points a game heading into week nine. The highest is the Seattle Seahawks averaging 34.3. And then after that, you have to go down to like the bottom of the barrel. You have to go all the way down to the New England Patriots who are averaging 19.4 and they are 28th. Let's not forget last year, the Steelers averaged 18.8 points per game. 18.8. It's insane. So when we're talking about the defense, I want you all to realize that scoring is up across the league, period. It is. There's, it's fact. There's, not, there's no, nothing insinuating there at all. So the defense has given up 310 yards on average a game. It sounds like a lot. That's fifth in the National Football League. And before Dave Schofield, our stat geek, goes off, these are based on the fact that where they are right now, it's not looking into averaging them out and how many games. No, I'm not doing all that. Dave can do that on his stat geek. Right now, they're fifth. They average 310 points. I'm sorry, 310 yards a game they're giving up on defense. That's fifth. Passing yards, 213. That's seventh. They said they're surrendering 213 passing yards on average per game. That's seventh. Rushing yards, this is what's incredible to me. So how good was the Steelers' rush defense heading into Week 8 against Baltimore? So good that they gave up 263 yards on the ground to the Baltimore Ravens in Week 8, and their average is still under 100 yards. That's incredible. They're averaging 96.9 rushing yards per game, and that is fifth. That's still fifth in the NFL after such a horrible performance at M&T Bank Stadium. That is astounding to me. I don't I don't know. Okay, and next we go to points per game. They're only giving up 20.3 points per game on average. That is sixth. And when you look at their upcoming opponents, we talked about Dallas. They don't really have a quarterback. They're not scoring a ton of points. Just uh, they're not as of coming into this game, not suggesting that they won't score points in this one. Then they have a home game against Joe Burrow, the rookie uh, in the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Then they play the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are currently without Gardner Minshew, who had to have a procedure done on his throwing hand. They're not sure if, when he'll be back. They uh, The defense could certainly get these averages down if they're able to stay healthy and stay hot. But the defense, that's the number one reason, in my opinion, and I guarantee you that 99.99999% of you that are listening to this podcast would probably agree. If I'm going to say what's the number one reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers are contenders and not pretenders in 2020 for the playoffs and a Super Bowl, I would imagine that a vast majority of you would say, that's the defense. Yeah, it's the defense. So that's number one for me. All right, let's go to the second one. Takeaways. Takeaways. The Pittsburgh Steelers last season led the NFL in takeaways, and everyone said the same thing coming into 2020. You can't bank on it happening again. You know, I mean, you think about some of those fluky plays that happened last year, whether it was the Tyler Boyd fumble in Cincinnati caused by Devin Bush, recovered by Minka Fitzpatrick late in the season last year. That really turned the tide in that game, by the way. Or the uh, Jared Goff gets hit as he's throwing. They rule it a fumble. Minka Fitzpatrick picks it up, runs it in. Um, Just weird, fluky bounces, tips. That happens. That happens. And TJ Watt said it best after the game on Sunday when he said, to be honest, he said, man, he said, I got to be honest. These things happen in bunches. He's talking about turnovers and takeaways. He said, they happen in bunches. We're just trying to put ourselves in the best position possible to take the football away, period. Well, so far, they've done a really good job of doing that. Uh, They're coming off of a game where they had four takeaways, four turnovers caused um, against Lamar Jackson. They have 13 takeaways on the season. That is tied for second right now. Tied for second right now in terms of takeaways. And when you think back on this Steelers season, they should have more. Think about Joe Hayden, who dropped that interception against Baltimore Sunday, and there's a slew of others just like it. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense is taking the ball away. When And it's kind of funny when you talk about how we all said they're not going to be able to bank on this next year. I remember saying the same thing about the team getting after the quarterback. I'm going to talk about the pass rush later, but I'm going to, it, people will say like, God, we can't bank on the Steelers doing that every year. Guess what they did. They, they continue to do it. So maybe the Steelers are going to be able to take it away. Maybe not to the point that they're leading the league in takeaways, but maybe to the point where we're saying, yeah, yeah, we can probably bank on that. This team coming up with a pretty key turnover here or there. I mean, think about the, Minka Fitzpatrick pick six against the Browns and, and Baker Mayfield. You think about Robert Spillane doing the same exact thing, almost the same exact setup, the same exact situation, except against Baltimore in Baltimore against Lamar Jackson. You think about um, some of the, the great plays that have been made. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. This defense is good. But also, I look at, this is probably one of those stats that I might value more than other people. And that would be, the differential, the turnover takeaway differential, because I believe, and this is something my co-host Lance Williams and I, who Lance is no longer with behind the steel curtain. We used to talk about this all the time, how you have to be, you have to be in the positive here. And when I say the positive, that means that you're taking it away more than you're turning it over. So, so far the Pittsburgh Steelers after Sunday, which really helped them in this category, they are plus five. They have 13 takeaways and they've turned it over eight times. Just think what it would be if Ben Roethlisberger didn't throw three picks in Tennessee. It would be even better. Still, a plus five takeaway differential is a really good number, and that's tied for fifth right now in the National Football League. 
you want to be in the top 10 of this category, that means that you're doing two things and it's what you need to do to really maximize your potential on the football field. You're taking the ball away and you're not giving it back, period. That is huge. So the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been what I focused on here. We're going to talk about some offense in my second, third, fourth, and fifth reasons why the Steelers this season is not smoke and mirrors. Okay. We'll get to that. And we're going to continue to talk about turnovers right after this break. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, Jeff Hartman here, your co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and your host here for Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning Steelers podcast. We're talking about the reasons why the Steelers this season, this 7-0 start is not, is not smoke and mirrors. No, 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 no. This is legit. This team is legit. This, this team is a team to be reckoned with. And the first, I talked about the defense. The second reason I talked about takeaways and the, the takeaway turnover to takeaway differential, how important that is. Let's go to number three. This is one I had to call up the stat geek. I was thinking about it after my show on Monday, and it's something that I had talked about. And I'll tell you this quick story. You know, growing up, I I have a brother, and that's my only sibling. So my parents had two boys. My brother's three years older than me. And we would sit down and watch the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. It was kind of a ritual. We would go to church, come home, watch the Steelers. Go to church, come home, watch this. Sometimes we'd go golfing, come home, and watch the Steelers. But still, you know the routine. And we'd be watching, and we'd see the Steelers get a turnover. They'd get a takeaway. What would my brother say? Need some pot. We need some pot. I'm like, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. No, we're not talking about marijuana or anything like that. We're talking about points off turnovers, P-O-T. For some reason, my still to this day, you know, my brother lives in Virginia. My dad still lives in West Virginia. I'm in Maryland. We always text each other during games. Anytime there's a takeaway, what, what gets sent out to the three of us in our group text? Need some pot. We need some pot because points off turnovers is gigantic. It is such an important statistic. So I talked to Dave Schofield on the phone and I said, Dave, I got a question for you because Dave knows how to find these stats so much easier than I do. He knows how to manipulate the numbers, the systems. He is the stat geek for a reason, folks. Take that to the bank. And I said, Dave, I've got a question for you. It's a stat question. He's like, yes, give it to me. I said, all right. I want to know points off of turnovers. How the Steelers have clearly done a better job of this in 2020. It wasn't until the Philadelphia game when Carson Wentz was intercepted by Steven Nelson on fourth down to end the game, which a lot of fans said, oh, I should have knocked it down. Nah, whatever. I don't care. They ended up kneeling it out because that was the end of the game. But still, that was the only time up until that point that the Steelers did not take a turnover and turn it into points. Think about that. That was week five. Every single time, and they had turned, they had gotten takeaways prior to that. Every time they had had a takeaway up until that point, they had turned it into points in some way, shape, or form. Field goal, touchdown, but that's incredible. That is incredible. Now, it's happened a few times since then. Sometimes it's been for various reasons, but nonetheless, holy cow. So I said, Dave, can you find this for me? He said, yeah, I will. I will. So what he did is he, t- he took a look at the points, he took a look at takeaways, and then he gave an average point scored off of 
the takeaway. Okay? So in 2020, this season, through seven games, the Pittsburgh Steelers have 11 takeaways. We talked about that. I'm sorry, 13 takeaways. And they scored 48 points. Okay? That's over four-point average that they're averaging. Okay? Now, go to 2019. They have 35 takeaways. Led the NFL. Talked about that. So you're, Think about all those extra offensive possessions. 93 points off of 35 takeaways. An average of 2.26 points on average. Okay, so the Steelers are getting almost two extra points per takeaway so far this season. It is not the end result. So I don't want to say that, holy cow, but right now, as of right now, where we sit here going into week nine, that is a significant margin. Okay, that is significant. And so Dave, being the guy that he is, and he's never one to just take the easy route and say, here's your 2019 numbers, here's your 2020 numbers. This peaked his interest a little bit. I could tell it did. And he goes back all the way to 2014 doing the same exact thing. Takeaways, points. Well, crazy thing, let's go back. 2014, they had 16 takeaways on the season. That's it on the season. 16 takeaways, but they scored 67 points off of those takeaways for a 4.18 average. Then, in 2015, 27 takeaways, 84 points. That's 3.11. 2016, 20 takeaways, 64 points, 3.20. 22 takeaways, 69 points, 3.14. In 2018, remember that year, they only had 11 takeaways that year. The defense could not get their hands on the ball to save their life. They scored 40 points, though, off those turnovers, 3.64. So in this time span, okay, from 2014 to 2020, the Steelers have always had double-digit takeaways, sometimes barely. For instance, in 2020, they have as many takeaways as they did the entire season in 2018. Still, at every year, there's only one year that they averaged under a field goal, three points, average off of a turnover, and that was 2019. And so far this season, they've never averaged higher than they are right now in 2020. The crazy thing is, and a lot of people might be listening, saying these are some crazy numbers, Jeff, and you're kind of confusing me a little bit. That's fine. I was a little confused confused myself, (laughs) but I digress. For me, I look at this and say that, yes, it's only a small sample size. Yes, this could change, and that average could and probably will go down. But let's also not forget that some of these turnovers, like that Nelson interception that I mentioned, turned into even a potential of scoring points. For instance, the Steelers went into victory formation and kneeled down. So they're not scoring points off that turnover, but it's not like they had to. So it's situational football as well. That plays into it. Um, one One of the interesting things that also Dave mentioned was that 2014 and 2020, so far in 2020, that's the only time that when the Steelers got a takeaway, they have yet to turn it over right afterwards. So think back to 2019. If Dave, I know he's probably listening to this at some point, he's going to fire him up. If you remember the Buffalo Bills game, Sunday Night Football, what happens? Steven Nelson gets his lone interception of the season. He runs it down, and they're just on the cusp of the red zone. Here comes the Steelers offense. This is the turning point in the game, and here comes Jalen Samuels in the Wildcat. Or maybe it was James Conner. I think it was Samuels. I'm sure Dave will let me know. And they try to hand it off to Deontay Johnson, or the exchange gets botched, fumble the ball, give it right back. They gave it right back. The Steelers have yet to do that this year. 
for those that are superstitious, you just heard me knock on wood. So points off of turnovers, that's a key stat, and they're doing great with that. If they can keep that up, make teams pay for turning the ball over. That's really important. My fourth reason why the Steelers are not smoke and mirrors, Ben Roethlisberger. It's Ben Roethlisberger. Come on, people. So Ben Roethlisberger has played a long time, 38 years old, been in the league, drafted in 2004. We all know that stuff. We all know all those numbers and those dates and all that. Ben Roethlisberger, this season, here's what I'm here's what I'm looking at as to why I'm saying Ben Roethlisberger is a reason why the Steelers are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Okay, I'm not saying that he is the Ben that he was. I, you know, the the quote unquote backyard Ben that's gonna go out there and run around and throw 15 guys off his back and still complete a pass downfield. You know, we used to see that all the time to say Antonio Holmes and Antonio Brown. He might do that on occasion, but for the most part, he is a standard pocket passer now. That's just how he has matured into the quarterback that he is. Here are a couple things that I'm really looking at. So as I'm looking down at his stats and I'm kind of logging everything, what's really important to me? And this is just me, but what's really important to me about Ben Roethlisberger? Number one, he's not getting sacked that much, okay? Ten sacks. Ten sacks on the season. That's it. He's only been sacked ten times. That is an incredible mark. That's an incredible mark for Roethlisberger, who you'd have to go back to 2016, where he was sacked 17 times on the entire season. He played 14 games that year. He's the, the offensive line is doing a tremendous job. The offensive line is doing a tremendous job. Here's a guy that has thrown the ball. Okay. He's thrown the ball 246 times, only been sacked 10. That is a great job. So that's important. And that's really not on Ben. That's more on the offensive line, but you get my gist here. They're keeping him upright. He's going to stay healthy. If they don't get people around him, if he doesn't get hit. He's going to stay healthy. They need him on the field. Here's the next thing. He is completing 67.9% of his passes. 67.9% of his passes. Okay, you would have to go back to 2015. I'm sorry. 2018, he completed 67%. 2015, it was 68. But this is a guy that has never, never in his career never in his career had a completion percentage of 70 or over. That's tough to do. That is really tough to do. But the fact that he has 67.9 completion percentage so far through eight weeks, seven games, that's a good number. That tells me Ben's being very efficient with the football. And then lastly, 15 touchdowns to four interceptions. 15 touchdowns to four interceptions. He is protecting the football. Think back to two of those interceptions. He had a tip ball that gets picked off by Simmons in Tennessee. He had the other fluky one that gets Juju has his hand on the ball, tipped up, intercepted in the end zone. Those stats right there, sacks, completion percentage, and touchdown to interceptions, that's really that and wins. That's all I care about. I don't care about how many yards he throws for. He's thrown for 1,628 this season. Who cares? You know what? They're seven and oh. <laughs> They're seven and oh, and he's thrown 15 touchdowns. I mean, that's incredible. Okay. I mean, it, the game is changing, but the Steelers' offense has been more balanced this year than ever. And it's given Ben Roethlisberger the ability to just work what's open. Ben Roethlisberger is a reason why the Steelers are Super Bowl contenders. He's not a reason why they won't be. Keep that in mind. Keep it in mind. Okay. Next, fifth and final. 
Last but certainly not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush. The Pittsburgh Steelers pass rush. I mentioned them earlier in the show. How there was a time when they had over 50 sacks. I'm like, boy, that was great. Can they do it again? And we all said the same thing. Ah, I don't know. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. I'm not so sure if we can bank on that every single season. Well, guess what? We can. <laughs> we can. Because in seven games, folks, they have 30 sacks. 30 sacks in seven games. Think about that. This is a pass rush that is different than what we've seen in the past. They are aggressive. They are blitzing. But we found out over the course of the last few weeks that what we saw in the early stages of the season, which it was just blitz, 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 blitz. It was a blitzkrieg. Blitzberg, whatever you want to call it. We found out that that mentality was literally just because of who they were playing. Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, turned into Jeff Driscoll, doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden, when Deshaun Watson came to town, they kind of backed off a little bit. Carson Wentz came to town. They went, they got after him, but they backed off a little bit. And then Lamar Jackson, you blitz, but it was more of like run blitzing. This defense is not just a one-trick pony. I always go back to that. I love that line. I hated it at the time. I hated how Mike Tomlin called Mike Wallace a one-trick pony because as a fan of the team, you hated that your coach was saying that this player, who's a very important player, can only do one thing really well. Okay, I hated that, but I love the saying. This defense is not a one-trick pony. Not in any stretch of the imagination because they can get after the quarterback in a multitude of ways. Think about Mike Hilton when he's healthy and on the field. When Mike Hilton is healthy and on the field, he can blitz the quarterback and he can get there. Vince Williams, same thing. We know TJ Watt and Bud Dupree can get there. Let's also not forget Stefan Tuitt, who had two sacks against Baltimore last week. The Steelers' pass rush is so versatile right now. There's not really one guy that is just head head it is heads above everyone else. You know, he just, they don't have that player. Sure, they do with Watt, but sometimes Watt gets so much attention. It allows for Stefan Tuitt to get a sack. It allows for Bud Dupree to have a one-on-one and him win that matchup. This is not just one guy. This is not just one guy. And so far, if you think back to the Steelers teams that were great, that's been the MO of the defense. It's not just one guy. And really, if you think back to the great defenses in the NFL, it's never just one guy. So but go back to you know the 2005 roster. You did have Troy Polamalu, young Troy Polamalu. It was not Ryan Clark, it was Chris Hope. But you also had Joey Porter, and you had James Ferrier, and Larry Foote, Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton. You know those players. Not just one guy. Go to 2008. A lot of the same names, but James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, Brett Kiesel. Okay? Troy was still there. Ferrier was still there. Ryan Clark was now inserted in It can't just be one guy. But when it comes to the pass rush, it's definitely not just one guy. Go back to, remember the bookends of Lamar Woodley and James Harrison. They were the dominant leaders in the pass rushing category. It's not that way this year. Now it seems like the defense is kind of turning into the same offensive MO, and that is pick your poison. Oh, you want to shut down Juju today? Chase Claypool's going to go off. Don't worry. Thanks for playing. Oh, you want to double-team TJ Watt today? Have fun with Cam Hayward and Bud Dupree. When you can do that, when you have an offense that can do that and a defense that can do that, then, my friends, you are truly dangerous. And that's exactly 
what this Steelers team is. They are dangerous. Anyone that wants to tell you that this team is not as good as their record indicates, anyone that wants to tell you that this team is all smoke and mirrors, that deep down they're not, they're the same old team, I recommend that you send in this podcast and tell them, no, no, you are wrong, my friend. You are wrong. You are entitled to your opinion, and that is your opinion, but I want you to know that your opinion is wrong. This Steelers team is legitimate. This Steelers team is going to have a deep run in the postseason, barring an injury. And when I say an injury, I mean Ben Roethlisberger. This team is going to be good for the long haul, folks. So settle in. It's 7-0, hoping to be 8-0, setting a franchise record for the best start in franchise history. We are all excited. I'm excited. You're excited. Every single member of Steeler Nation across the globe is excited. And I hope that you continue to check out not just my show, but all of our content across our audio platform. It really is great. Take it. Give it a listen. You'll enjoy it. But most importantly, share it. Whether it's on social media, sharing a podcast on your Instagram stories, putting a podcast on your Facebook page, whatever the case may be. If you really enjoy it, share it with fans that you know that are Steeler fans. That's the best way to spread the love and to really help us out. And we do appreciate all of that. Otherwise, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. I am Jeff Hartman, co-editor of said website. I thank you for your time. Hey, you know how we end it here. Stay safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you Friday for my picks. That's right. They suck, but we'll be there. See you Friday.